Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. I am Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And we begin the show with what everybody is talking about today, and that is the tragic incident with a rather innocuous play last night. Buffalo's DeMar Hamlin injured, CPR on the field, and Mickey... It, it puts football into perspective, and we're not thinking about anything right now except DeMar Hamlin and, and prayers and thoughts for him and his family. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Mike. And, and we've heard a number of people, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, through different media outlets express um, their thoughts uh, uh, about, you know, what they saw last night and certainly our prayers. Uh, are with DeMar and his family, uh, as well as the teams involved, and, and really the entire um, uh, football family across the uh, you know across the nation. So we want to be respectful of that um, and just you know pray for the best. You know it's it's tough to fathom, and we're not going to speculate on anything except for what we know. And while we're praying for him, we watched the response last night and and the mechanisms and the medical staffs that that both teams have and that every stadium has and the response last night by by those that personnel because it's not a matter of minutes as we learn it's a matter of seconds and and I just think that medical attention was was crucial and uh, something that that every NFL stadium and it's it's irrespective of which side you're on which player it is it's get there fast yeah, look, obviously you never want to see that on display, um, and yet uh, we have seen it in the past. We've seen, you know, um, the medical people and the emergency people respond to different circumstances and situations, and, and uh, you know, I, I know that at each of these stadiums, you know, the medical people are the uh, absolute best at their jobs, and, and uh, I think that was evident again last night. Yes, continued prayers from WWL Radio and all of the stations along the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss along with the Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. After two straight uh, tough ones uh, up in Philly, you go to Philly who needed a – this wasn't a Philly team that didn't need to win. They needed that win badly to secure the top seed. There's only one – top seed you go up there you win 20 to 10 and we know how the eagles had run against the saints in the previous two matchups but only 67 yards and you win your third straight and 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 you do what you can do uh and have done so in the final three of the four games yeah that look that was encouraging um to go up there and and win a game you know you, you mentioned it we've uh 
the last few times we've been up there has been ter- pretty tough on us. Look, they're a good football team and, and uh, had the best record uh, in football, and so there's a reason for that. I thought that now that first half of, of, uh, of the game is the best football we've played all year, both offense, defense, and special teams. It was a dominant performance in the first half and um, not as dominant in the second half, obviously, but, but we made enough plays to – to close out the game and really just really proud of our coaches and players. Yeah, that first half, I mean, four, three and outs consecutively for your defense. I don't, you know, that the first drive, 15 plays, 75 yards, almost nine minutes. You know, we always hear about this, you know, offense, you know, scripted plays of like 15. And I, I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, I mean, I, that's, I'd keep that script. Yeah, that was a good script. Uh, um, you know, the, the quarterback started out 15 for 15. And, look, we had 247 yards to their 61. We had 22 and a half minutes of possession time to their seven. And uh, it was just really dominant. Uh, obviously, we would like to have closed out a couple of those drives with touchdowns as opposed to field goals. But um, it was just, just uh, you know, dominating in terms of offense as well as defense. And, and, uh, and the special teams contributed as well. So... That was good to see. It, it's, you know, whenever you see a half like that, your your first thoughts are, well, that's what we can be. You know, that's that's the type of team that we have the potential to be. And and uh, um, it wasn't their best game. They didn't play their best game. But I like to think that that was uh, uh, in large part because of uh, the way our team played. Yeah, I think it also indicates the the thin line between kind of where you guys are from a record-wise, just record-wise, and, and Carolina. Because, uh, you know, on Sunday, you know, the turnover margin was even, but their turnover was a pick six. Uh, your turnover might have prevented you from scoring more, but the, so the turnovers were different. And then false start, false start, false start. It, it's, it is, it's a fine line between victory and and defeat, and that game was a perfect example because for a team that was thirteen and two against a team coming in at six and nine. Yeah, we, listen, we've talked about that in the past, and and uh, you know the the turnovers. I think at the end of the season, when we look back, we're going to look back at the turnovers and and point to that. Um, that is the major reason why we weren't able to accomplish what uh, our goals were. Um, and it's an area that that uh, that we can correct. And 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 look, part of that is is the takeaway feature of that, as as much as it is the turnovers. Is look, a year ago, I I, I believe we had 25 um, takeaways, and this year we've had you know I think 12, 11, 12, somewhere in that vicinity. So that that's a significant difference from year to year, and they come in bunches. Um, but we didn't have the, the bunch come uh, uh, this season like we've had in the past. Were you – how – because the Saints went through this last year with the victory in Atlanta, then waiting for the Rams in San Francisco, how how closely were you kind of keeping tabs on Carolina at, at the same time? Yeah, look, we we're watching those games very closely, and, and uh, it didn't go our way, but – you know that's what happens when you when you put your fate into the hands of others is is uh, they don't always come through for you. So um, it is what it is. Um, it's not going to change how we approach this week. We're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to win this game and and 
uh, it would be it would be a good thing for us to you know finish the season with four straight victories and and gain some momentum going into this off season. Not to mention, and maybe this is just me as a fan, because just, you have to look at this record. You know, we're going to talk about the record until the draft, from the draft to training camp. Eight, nine, and and seven and ten feel to me like miles apart. Yeah, well, it's one game. I know, but, I know, I know. But I don't say it, it feels. Sounds, it sounds better, certainly. Um, but but uh, not up to our standard. Uh, either one's not up to our standard. So that's. I think I'll leave it up. No, you're right. That. Yeah, because the goal is the, the goal is the playoff. So yeah, we we get that. So. You watched Cam Jordan uh, do his thing. He'd been somewhat quiet. Uh, he'd had a half a sack, and his last full sack was in Pittsburgh. And so he was kind of hanging around Ricky, but then, boom, three sacks uh, and really did a lot. He had five tackles, four quarterback hits, uh, the forced fumble, and history. He's the you know the, the, new, the new franchise leader. So, man, when, when he gets like that, and the defense was like that all day, it, it was fun to watch. Yeah, um, you know, first of all, Cam Jordan has been just a model of consistency for us for um, however many years he's played, you know, 11 or 12, whatever it is. Um, it's really good to see him, uh, you know, have that club record. Um, you know, I, I think Cam's one of these guys that we've taken for granted over the years because, look, he never misses a game. He's always there. He's always playing well. Um there, there's uh, there's never any lows with him. So uh, it, it's, it's a great accomplishment um, in a career of great accomplishments. And, and the good thing is, I don't think he's done. Smart, but you got to be available and, you know, be in that game. And really, it was the NFL's COVID rules and the fractured orbital that he wanted to play, but the team said, no, you're not, you're not playing. It's that kind right. of mentality. You can't keep me off the field. And it's kind of ironic that Cam's passing a guy who really had that same kind of embodiment. Yeah, and, and um, that, that's absolutely right. For, you know, Cam to has played, to have played as long as he have and only missed two games. And you said it one was for COVID. Um, is really really remarkable and and uh look it's a credit to his work ethic and and the conditioning that he does in the off season as uh as well as some pretty good genetics i think yeah that's true that is true in fact uh we would have had two we could have had two sets of brothers on the field had kevin white been activated with kevin and kaiser and and caden ellis and his brother so that that would have been a, a rare one as well more with Saints Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis as the Saints try and close out with a four-game winning streak. The Saints Hour continues after this on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are speaking with Saints General Manager, Executive Vice President Mickey Loomis. Uh, It's been a long time since week five uh, and to get Marshawn Lattimore back. And I kind of felt like the Eagles winned him a little early to test to see how he was, but they uh, they went to the well too often because he he just waited and read, waited and read, and then made this the big pick six, which really was huge. Yeah, look, it's uh, first of all, it's great to have him back on the field, um, and uh, you know, I always feel like like uh, uh, when you're going at Marshawn, it's a double edged sword because he's a really smart player as well as being talented and and. Uh, Man, if he sees something that he can take advantage of, then he, he's gonna he's going to do that, and that's what happened. He recognized the play that was coming and and uh, made a break on the ball, stepped in front of it, and it was a huge play for uh, uh, for us in that uh, toward the end of that game because of the momentum swings that had happened, and and uh, look, really glad to have him back on the field. And Carl Granderson, same kind of thing. We've seen flashes in the past, but it feels like, and this, you know, this is me, so take it for what it is. This is me. It feels like we're seeing a more consistent Carl Granderson week after week as opposed to flashes. Yeah, I, you know, I think one of the well, – we've had a lot of injuries uh, this season, and as a consequence, you know, a lot of uh, guys have had to step up and play uh, and get more time than, than – probably what we expected the advantage of that is, is that they're developing and and uh, we're discovering uh, you know improvements in players that that we might not have seen otherwise and Carl's in that category is is his plays improved as he's gotten more time and he's been really productive another one and a half sack uh, day for him uh, along with uh, you know the huge play at the end of the game uh, a week ago and and uh you know, we've seen that with some others. I think I think Caden Ellis is a guy that has, um, you know, made made big strides this season, along with Juwan Johnson and and uh, um, Rashid Shahid, um, Alante Taylor, uh, Paulson Adebo. We've just had a number of these younger players uh, take advantage of the increased playing time and and the and the productions uh, been there for those guys, and it's going to bode well for us. Um, you know, going forward. Yeah, I was going to, it feels like maybe there's still a game left with Carolina, and but I was going to ask at some point either this week or next, but you must feel good about the young nucleus. And you you mentioned, I think, you know, 
just about all. I mean, Trevor Penning, of course, Pete Werner. I mean, we could go on, but because like who's young? Like I still feel like you know Lattimore and Kamara and and those those cats. I mean, in my world, they're they're still very young. But you must feel good about that the the nucleus that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's a there's a core group of younger guys that have stepped up. Kursalavi, obviously, and and um, you know, there's, there's a number of guys that I haven't even mentioned, um, but. Again, it's it's a it's a benefit of of playing, you know, through these injuries and having other guys step up, um, along with you know the benefit of getting the uh, the veteran players back that have been hurt and, and that we know we can count on uh, going forward. It was an interesting, I say weekend because the way the holiday fell, you played on Sunday, then LSU and Tulane play on Monday. LSU uh, takes care of business pretty. Pretty quickly against Purdue, sixty-three to seven. But when you watch Tulane football and what they did in a one-year turnaround and come back sixteen points in the final four minutes to beat USC, uh, college football in Louisiana, and quite frankly, the NBA in Louisiana uh, seems like it's in pretty good shape right now. Yeah, look, um, you know we've known Willie Fritz for uh, you know a good period of time. We know he's a really good coach. Um, you know they had a tough year last year, but this this has just been spectacular. What he and his team have done this year—it's really inspiring. And and for them to uh, go to the Cotton Bowl and and uh, and perform like they did—you know—look, they could have easily just been happy to have been there. And yet, man, they came out and competed, um, got behind, never gave up, showed a lot of grit, um, and uh, you know pulled off a spectacular victory that was uh, you know look we were, we were in the office here cheering like crazy uh, for them and uh, so that was exciting to see LSU they obviously um, had a great game um, Coach Kelly and his staff uh, and their players had a, a great game plan and, and, and took care of business against Purdue it wasn't a great uh, coaching debut for uh, Drew Brees um, but, <laughs> but we're we're excited about the LSU victory as well. Um, it was interesting at the hotel where we were. It was New Year's Eve, but they have a little restaurant kind of thing. It's small. Uh, and so Andy, I was at the bar, of course. Andy Dalton was sitting at a table behind with his wife watching the TCU game. He was not at the bar. I was. I want to make that clear. But And so he's watching the game just like uh, a 16-year-old with his wife. I mean, he's living and dying with every play. And I remember sitting, there were two people to my right who were going to a wedding, and they, they were just sitting there. And behind them, they're watching TCU-Michigan, like, you know, really fervently into the game. And behind them is the guy who probably puts TCU on the map. You know, his junior year, they go 12-1, and one, senior year, 13-0. and 0. I mean, without Andy Dalton, I'm not really sure who knows where TCU is, but it's just, it was an interesting aspect. But to me, the coolest part was that, you know, Andy's been around since he was a number one draft pick in 2011, yet it's still a game, right? It's still, he's following that game like he was playing it, and that's a cool thing. Yeah, well, look, you know, I think we all love the school that we went to, right? So we're all still rooting for them. Um, and and uh, you know on top of that you always root for the underdog if you don't have you know a school in the game and and that was exciting to see TCU um, pull off that victory as an underdog and and obviously great for Andy um, not so good for the Michigan alums that are on our team but 
but um, you know, it was fun. It was a fun weekend of football, um, college football in the playoffs and some of the bowl games. Um, um, the hard yeah. part, you know, the, 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 hard, exactly all I have to say the hard part is going to be how do you, you know, for Georgia and TCU, right? I mean, those two games were such – you know, uh, exciting theater. The hard part to me is how do you how do you maintain that and, and, and relive that? You know, next week sometime. Yeah, it's going to be tough to live up to. I think this last weekend, those playoff games were probably the best two that they've had uh, since the playoffs started. Uh, it's going to be hard hard to duplicate that. And yet, man, both these teams are going to be hungry, and and uh, uh, it'll be fun to watch. And finally, any. You know, I know there's, the answer is going to be no, but get, getting this team up and ready for a Carolina game that, that doesn't have playoff implications for either team, yet it's a home game, and uh, maybe more so than anything, just finishing out what Dennis talked about post-Tampa, which is win the Final Four. Yeah, look, I think, you know, one of the advantages of football is is that, man, every game means something. Um it means something to the players and coaches and the organization, and and uh, you know we try to win every game that we play, and and I expect uh, that we'll do that again this weekend. Well, good luck. It's uh, it's been a great three game streak with Atlanta, then those back to back wins on the road. You you face the third leading rusher in the NFL and Nick Chubb. Then you face the fifth leading rusher in Miles Sanders and shut them both down. So congrats and 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 you know good luck on Sunday against the Panthers. Thank you, Mike. Let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network. When we come back, Michael Parenton, Director of Pro Personnel, will join us. He is a Thibodeau native and former Tulane player. The Saints Hour continues after this on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Michael Parenton, the second season as the Saints Director of Pro Personnel, spent seven years as a pro scout, Thibodeau native, E.D. White, and like the rest of the country, Michael, stunned and shocked by last night and just prayers and just hopeful and, and, and praying for things for DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, man, Absolutely. Uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, definitely DeMar Hamlin, his family, uh, all those players. You know, you just, it was surreal watching that uh, and seeing what went down there. But, you know, you got to commend um, the efforts of, of the emergency personnel down there, the, the paramedics, the trainers, um, all staff and, and everyone for just handling that situation as best as, as you could imagine. And, 
you know, making a difference in, in this guy's ability to bounce back. So, you know, keeping that guy in our prayers, keeping our whole family in our prayers, uh, but certainly surreal. Yeah, football became non-football. Now you played a couple of, you know, you know, played with the Jets, not extensively, but you played, and that's what matters. And so I feel like players and fans watched it, and we all feel the same way, but it's different, man. When you're a player in this game, that brotherhood and that, it doesn't matter which sideline you're on, you know, it, it was different from a player's perspective. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> one thing I learned um, – stepping out of the player scope and in, into the, you know, a fan life and, and then now into, you know, a work life where this, you know, this is my livelihood and, and this is what I do. And then from coming from a player, like there's so many emotions and so many things that you try to process uh, as to what we do every day. And, and it's a blessing to get to do what we do every day. And, and it's a game that we grew up loving and you grew up playing. Um, but there's such a human element to it that you forget about with these guys with injuries and, and what they're putting at risk every single Sunday and every time they step on the field and, you know, it's, and like I said, it's an opportunity to recognize that, but to recognize that they're, they're in the best care and they're in the best hands. And, you know, as quickly as those guys are able to respond to that, like you have to appreciate that uh, and what they did. But, but certainly as a player, it hits real close to home to know how many opportunities that that, that could have been someone around you or, or you yourself. Let's take a break on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are speaking with Michael Parenton, who's the Saints Director of pro personnel and what a Monday right I mean it was Sunday you go beat the Philadelphia Eagles and as I said you're E.D. White but also former captain four-year letterman with Tulane and wow what a game with USC down 15 four minutes to play come back biggest turnaround in FBS history from two and ten uh to 12 and two yesterday must have been a, a crazy day for you it was uh it was tremendous you know I've, I've got a close relationship with all those guys over there at Tulane and I didn't know Willie before he got to Tulane uh I don't know any anybody personally on the staff um but they're an easy group to like and an easy group to root for the more you get to know them and you know I think this is Willie's seventh year there now um and as he he's gone um you've just seen the improvement of that program the improvement in uh, the quality of play and, and their ability to understand how to win at Tulane. And, and look, I, I've played a lot of games, and I certainly know how hard it is to win at Tulane uh, because we didn't win much. So the fact that they were able to do it um, and respond in such a manner coming out of a two-win season last year. You know, I was displaced when I was at Tulane. We had Hurricane Katrina. They had the displacement last year. You know, so there's – there's so many parallels where I just feel for these guys and I understand the, the trials of that and how unique that culture is there at Tulane um, and the consistency and how hard it is to build that there. It's a special group of people. Um, you know, I love those guys. I was, I was ecstatic. Um, we were actually, you know, in the middle of our meetings on, on day after game stuff. And right when we finished, one of them was about the four minute mark of, you know, the game and, I kind of made a comment like, oh, we're just two scores. You know, we got them right where we want them. And then next thing I know, I, I look and, and we actually have a chance to win it. So the whole staff, we, you know, we had it on the monitor and we're all watching. So it was just a really, really cool experience um, to see. Because like I said, everybody pulls for those guys. It's an easy group to pull for. I was texting with Ryan Griffin throughout the whole deal and had a couple teammates that were at the game. And, and Matt Forte and I had talked about it just last weekend. Uh, about how much we wanted to be at the game, and uh, just like a, like I said, surreal. He's he's no 
new weapon in this area, but for the country, I got to get introduced to Mr. Spears uh, yesterday, and uh, I feel like his college stock uh, skyrocketed. We all we all tell ourselves, you know, when you're a player over there, that you know there's a, there's certain games on your calendar that are going to mean a lot more to scouts and are going to really stand out to scouts, you know, if you play well. Uh, it doesn't devalue the other ones, but it just knows you you got to show up on the main stage and in the big stage. And he certainly do that did that. I, I'm excited uh, myself to get to know a lot more about him and educate myself a little bit more about him because I've only followed him and supported him uh, as an alumni, but I haven't really evaluated him. So final two-lane question, and then uh, we'll move on. But it's such an important season because when, I, you know, I'm, I'm old. So in 1998, I was a sports reporter covering that two-lane season, right? They go all the way to the Liberty Bowl, yep. unbeaten, Tommy Bowden. But, you know, then Bowden, you know, leaves, uh, Rodriguez leaves. Uh, but with Fritz staying, I mean, it feels like now – consistency do it again do it you know repeat 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 can, can change the the arch uh, the, you know the hierarchy of Tulane football yeah I you know I was actually we were my family was season ticket holders in 1998 season um, so I can remember going Thanksgiving Day to see them play Tim Rattay, uh Troy Edwards and the guys at Louisiana Tech and um, we follow along that that team very closely um, and you know obviously they had a the coaching change and all after that and Partly, I benefited from that going play for Chris Selfo as, as weird of a exchange as that was. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, and I was on the hiring committee when when we hired Bob Toledo and Jim Harbaugh sat in front of us and we had the opportunity to hire him and he took another job and you know I kept talking in these discussions and we talked about you know winning at Tulane how the next discussion is going to be easier and it's going to hopefully make it easier and it's some they've certainly springboarded themselves um, into a discussion now where you hope that players view the program in a different manner and new orleans is already a great place and the campus is already a great place and, and the degree program the business school newcomb college all these parts of it are great places uh, that now the football goes along with it you see the fans you see the atmosphere that was in the conference championship game and now the cotton bowl and it's a completely different experience um so hopefully you know they are able to establish some consistency as a, as a winning program like you, you see with some of these other programs uh, that have risen over the past couple of years. All right, Saints in Philadelphia. I'm going to kind of work backwards a little bit because of the uniqueness of it, because you're a former offensive lineman. Uh, mm-hmm. Saints have the lead, 20 to 10. There's 3:35 left, but you're you have three. I, don't know, I call them non-starters. You have three backup offensive linemen mm-hmm. in the game, and they know you're going to run, and they and yet you you control the ball for the final 3:35. That's from an offensive lineman standpoint. That's got to be the best feeling. It's a great feeling. You know, anytime you finish a game in a four-minute situation, as we call it, where you're running out the clock, you know, that's a statement, regardless of who's in the game. If it's your starters, your backups, especially. You, but you know, let's let's make no mistake here. When we have guys on our roster, we have to be confident that they can go in a game and function for us well enough to be able to win. Um, this is not. You know, college where you've got 85 scholarship players, and you're talking about a, a walk-on potentially who's got to fill in. Like we got 48 jerseys to hand out on game day. Um, so with those guys stepping in, there's a lot of confidence, and there's communication throughout the year. You know, when you're signing guys to the practice squad, or when you're elevating guys on game day, 
Um, and just overall throughout the entire process, if we're just talking about backup only players, then that's really going to be an anchor on your roster and on your salary cap. So we have to have confidence in those guys. And Josh has performed really well this year. Throck has, um, you know, Trevor and his role, Landon Young, like those those guys have done a great job. And Doug Marone and Zach Street have done a fantastic job of preparing those guys to be ready to play every single week and it just came down to it and they answered the call and we were able to finish the game against a really good team in a really good environment. Coach Allen said last night on the coach's show when talking about it, he goes, well, we ran QB power five straight times. Mm-hmm. And he said, that was freaking awesome. I'm quoting now. He said, that was freaking awesome. And uh, I mean, it is when you run the same place, same formation and are successful uh, man, that's impressive. It's 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 a it's a deal, um, you know. And I, I help out in the coaches booth on on game day, um, where you just feel the confidence and you feel these guys have an aggressive mentality to to their discussions to say, well, let's just run it until they stop it. You know, we're going to go win this game. We're putting the ball in one of our best players' hands, um, and we're going to make you know, let's strength versus strength. Like, let's see if they can stop it and and let's go win the game. And so. Look, sometimes that goes a long way in your locker room. It goes a long way in your huddle. That you know what's coming. You still can't stop it. We're going to keep running it. You know that that's how you you change culture. That's how you develop winning attitudes. That's how you develop guys knowing how to win instead of hoping to win. Speaking with Michael Parenton, the Saints director of pro personnel, we, we've talked last year, and I have a pretty good idea. But for those who are are new to listening. Uh, beyond, you're always scouting the next opponent. So I'm assuming that even on the, the plane, you handed something to Dennis that said, here's Carolina. So as part of your duties and responsibilities, give me give give the listeners a sense of what the director of pro personnel's uh, roles are. So <clears throat> I would say first and foremost, our responsibility in my department is we have to know our team and be experts of our team. Just like just like I told you about the backup offensive linemen, like we have to know where our weak spots on our rosters are, where our potential holes are, uh, and what's available to help remedy those problems. Um, so that starts all the way, you know, after the, the Super Bowl, we're working on free agency, and we have our limited number of assets to do that. And then throughout the draft, we're helping out the college draft process. And then into the summer, anyone who enters the league um, – following the draft as undrafted free agents were responsible to getting an updated pro grade on those players. So all that is is just developing a database and a catalog of players um, that we could potentially fill to our 90-man roster and ultimately our 53-man roster and 16-man practice squad. And that's constantly being updated. There's new film out there. There's players to be graded. We have new leagues with XFL, USFL, Canadian Football League. Um, so there, there's always opportunities to to make sure that we have coverage over areas. Um, And then throughout the season, I have a staff of three guys that do a great job. They go out, they'll scout the upcoming opponent the week before we play them, and they'll prepare an advance report of all 53 players on the roster, how the game's going to be played, the strengths and weaknesses of the team, statistically how this team outlook is. And we'll communicate that to the coaching staff on Monday. And then on Wednesday, we'll communicate that to the players in an abbreviated form. Uh, and then on game day, we'll assist with any type of operational stuff, helping out with substitutions, uh, if there are any injuries to their roster, who the next guy is, just kind of be in the background if needed. Um, and so our guys do a lot of travel during the fall, uh, spend some time away. You know, we had guys traveling on Christmas Eve, we had guys traveling on New Year's. 
Um, but they're doing their best to prepare our coaching staff and, and just kind of paint the picture uh, as to what we're about to play and help those guys out because the X's and O's will take care of most of it, um, but just kind of put a little color to the picture uh, for them in terms of operation, environment, atmosphere, momentum, all that stuff going into the game. And, and then, like I said, from our roster problems, uh, we have to be aware of our roster and constantly evaluating our roster to know where, where we can fix it and how we're going to fix it. Well, and what is beneficial is that you also at Tulane you, you have a bachelor of finance and a master's in accounting. So, because the the truth of the matter is, you're not just out there looking for players carte blanche. You got to find, you know, there's a price tag, there's a there's caps, there's how do we manage? And you and Kai and and, and Jeff, I mean, that's always, I mean, it's part of the it's part of the deal. You're going to start 2023 probably. I don't know. They always say 70 million over the cap i mean you're wizards it's doing it but you must that must also be a factor well you know ryan pace told me a long time ago when when you know as you get into this business and you start asking more questions and trying to to develop as much as possible he said it's an art it's not a science what we do you know so there's no perfect way to get through an off season or to get through a roster uh and it's not going to be the same every single year um you know so part of that is surrounding yourself and, and understanding you know, where we have great people on our staff uh, and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Like, I, I certainly understand the cap, but I'm not going to be an expert on it because Kai's an expert on it. You know, he can literally find salary cap and sofa cushions. So, like, I, I truly believe that this is such a great culture and Mickey allows people to do things and be great at what they do uh, without micromanaging him that, that we all have a great relationship and communication to understand, okay, let's talk about where we feel like we're going to have some problem areas or we're going to want to retain guys, extend guys, let guys go, how we can fill them. Will that be a draft problem? Will that be a free agent problem? And you just got to do your best in trying to answer those. And like I said, it's an art. You're constantly learning and that's constantly changing because guys are going to get cut. Certain guys are going to get paid way more than what they should. Certain guys are going to get paid way under what they should. Um, and so it's just, you just constantly have to be working and educating yourself on how, on how to fix those problems. So you're up in the press box. You guys were not far from us. You're watching and focus only on the Eagles and Saints, but I know there's a television on Carolina and Tampa, and at least for me anyway, only because I've watched Tampa do it to the Rams, do it to us, do it to Arizona. I mean, you felt like, I mean, you just you, you put something else in, in somebody else's hands, it's going to bite you. I just felt all day that, you know, there was never a lead big enough for Carolina. Yeah, and look, they've done a good job of closing out games, uh, unfortunately, as, as we found out. But like you said, um, the main takeaway from it all is there's opportunities throughout this year uh, that we got to be able to capitalize on. And anytime you're putting, you know, it in the hands of another team, that should never be anything that you, that you want to do, um, you know. And so hopefully we've, you know, this three-game win streak has been big for us. I think we've done some really nice things, and, and we've got some young guys that are starting to ascend. and. You know, that there's been some things that you saw early in the year you, ho- you hoped that were not trends that ended up not being trends. And I, and I think this team has started to develop a mentality of winning uh, and a culture that I feel like that we'll be able to carry forward into the next season. Which makes Carolina important, not in, in many ways. Uh, I mean, not, not from a playoff standpoint, obviously, for either team. But, I mean, for me, 8-9 and sounds so much better than 7-10. and 10. I mean, so much better than 7-10. And, and you finish with that four-game streak. Absolutely. Every game, every, you you know, there's there's the, the saying every game's important and every week's a new week and, and, and all those things. But, you know, we always want to have a 1-0 mentality. Um, 
and and that's just something that these guys believe in, and, and the coaching staff presses on them that you know nothing's for granted. I mean, if we can go back to to where this conversation started, all these all these opportunities are so unique um, and so sacred that that you know these guys are putting a lot on the line to step out on the field every single week, and and to to say that any one opportunity is less valued than the other w- would just be wrong. So. Don't I don't want this to sound disrespectful, but be, because you've you've played in some games at Tulane at the end of a season that maybe didn't have, you know, kind of those implications like this one does. You know, how yeah. how does this team get ready for Carolina? What 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 motivates this team this week? You got to have the right guys in the building, and that and that's really what we strive to do as a personnel department. Is there's a lot of talent evaluations and measurables and analytics and metrics that really, you know, everybody's really sharing the same data there. Um, and everybody's kind of evaluating within the same range. But knowing your players and assembling guys that football matters to them, that it's important, that they care about one another, um, and, and they care about, you know, playing the game and they love the game, they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard. And, and you know, it's look, that's an opportunity to evaluate, guys. If, if guys don't approach it the right way and if guys don't see it as an opportunity to, to play and get better or possibly make an impression, whether they're going out onto the market, whether they're coming back for next year, whether it's the last snap they ever take, you know, all those things kind of it's, – it's an opportunity to evaluate those guys and, and see what matters. But we believe that we have the right guys in the building, and that's part of our draft process and our free agent process of getting guys who love football. Just a couple of more, and I, I think that's what Dennis said after the game Monday, which is you don't don't so much build character with guys on the field, you build it by the guys you bring into the locker room. That, that, yes. That's, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yes. Yeah, we, we value, um, you know, how committed guys are because it – and, you know, you learn a lot about guys through adversity. Um, and we certainly, when we were 4-9 and, and we're looking at – at the rest of our season and telling ourselves, you know, we have four more opportunities to get better. Um, you know, that's a test to your locker room. And do guys believe in the message that you're sending out there? Do your veterans pass on the message? And do they do a great job of setting the example for young guys to understand, like, this is not, we don't like where we're at in this season. And this is not what we're accustomed to as a team. And, um, you know, we do a lot of work and there's a lot of miles traveled by scouts and by coaches and then there's a lot of resources that we use to make sure that, that we know the guys that we're bringing into our building um, and that it, it's our type of guys. It's, it's New Orleans Saints. Um, and so if, if things were different and players were to respond differently, I, I would feel like our process would need to be scrutinized a little bit more as to what we're doing to decide on whether or not they're our type of guys. So why is it you can't sit on a plane? Why, why, does, why, do, why, does, Mike, why does Michael Parenton have to stand? Is, it just, is that always the way it's been? I just after a game, there's there's just so much decompressive, just mentally, just getting through the game, processing what just happened, thinking about um, how the next week's gonna be, watching the film, trying to get home, can't wait to get home and see my family. Like all those things are just to where I'm like, man, I just gotta walk around and talk to people and let time pass a little bit faster. And then as we're going there, it's kind of like the opposite, just trying to figure out, okay, you know, how's this game gonna play out? What are the things I need to make sure that you know, I'm on top of for the next week. It's just kind of like my way of passing time to where I, I just have never been able to focus on a, on a movie, on a book, or music, or anything as I'm on that flight. I, it's, it's just 
It's just kind of like my, my self maintenance. What do you do on a commercial flight? <laughs> Aggravate my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom again and again and again and again yeah. and again and again. Why uh, aren't you talking to me? Right. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, I think you're right. I mean, this, this, these past three weeks have, have shown a lot of, you know, guts, a lot of grit and, uh, one more and, uh, finish out, uh, the four games string and, and take that momentum, uh, into what is already 2023. Always appreciate your time and have appreciated getting to know you the last couple of years and continued success. Absolutely. Mike, thank you so much. My thanks to Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, as well as the Director of Pro Personnel, Michael Parenton. A very difficult task today with the sad and stunning events last night involving the injured Buffalo Bill defensive back, Damar Hamlin. On behalf of WWL Radio and all of the stations along the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints radio network, our prayers and thoughts are with him, his family, and his team. Good night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.